You who are brokenhearted, who woke today with the winds of despair whistling through your mind, come in. You who are brave but wounded, limping through life and hurting with every step, come in. You who are fearful, who live with shadows hovering over your shoulders, come in. This space is a sanctuary and it is for you. You who are filled with happiness, whose abundance overflows, come in. You who walk through your world with lightness and grace, who awoke this morning with strength and hope, you who have everything to give, come in. This place is your calling, a riverbank to channel the sweet waters of your life, the place where you are called by the world's need. Here we offer in love. Here we receive in gratitude. Here we make a circle from the great gifts of breath, attention, and purpose. Come in, let us worship together. I'm Angela Herrera, the senior minister here at First Unitarian, and I welcome you this morning to our worship service. I'm here with lay leader Kristen Satterley, with our DJ and technical arts director, Chris Paul, our backup DJ, Arnie, and our ushers, Christine, Michaela, Barry, and Ted. We are so happy to be with you this morning. Our call to worship was adapted from the words of Kathleen McTeague. We especially welcome any first or second time visitors. If that's you and you feel comfortable, we invite you to put your name and location in the chat so that we can greet you personally. And now Kristen has some announcements to share. Good morning, friends. We have several announcements today, and it is so good to see the, the church starting to wake up and stretch. Next Sunday is our all-church barbecue. Plan to stay after the 11 o'clock service for food, fellowship, and fun. We'll have live music, a jumper for the kids, and information about extended families, where you can find out how to join one or start your own. This will be a great kickoff for summer at First Unitarian, so please plan to be there. Also, Pride is back this June. First Unitarian will be an active part of the Pride weekend June 10th to 12th with a booth at the fairgrounds and a float in the parade. To participate in this amazing event, contact Lara Magnuson. And that information is in the chat. The One New Mexico Gospel Concert will be held in our sanctuary at three o'clock today. It's a free concert held in the spirit of bringing people of all faiths together to celebrate the history and power of gospel music. Dr. Stevie Springer is directing a citywide choir and band. Featured soloists include four celebrated gospel vocalists, Tony Morgan, Pat Brown, Alina Cedillo, and special guest Aretha Hardin from Las Vegas, Nevada. If you have a candle ready, please join in as Angela lights our congregational chalice to these words from the Reverend Scott Taylor. As we celebrate life's beauty, May we never forget that we are part of it. It is woven around us, through us, between us. May our time together today enable that beauty to shine.
Hi, I'm Miranda Magnuson. Will you join me in the children's affirmation? We are Unitarian Universalists. We are a people of faith with open minds, loving hearts, and helping hands. Let's prepare our bodies and minds for meditation and prayer now. I invite you to breathe and get more settled wherever you find your body, either grounding by paying attention to your feet on the floor or your body on a seat or a bed, wherever you are. Just be held for a moment. Settle into the peacefulness of this moment, of the place where you are right now, wherever you are. I'm right in the heart of the city in Albuquerque, surrounded by city noises. Wherever we find ourselves, this is where the sacred is, because this is where life is taking place. And what is sacred is in the sky above us, and in the earth beneath us, even when that earth is beneath the foundations of a building. The spirit of life is in the wind and it's in our breath. If you can, let the crown of your head just lift a bit higher as though toward the stars, extending your spine, creating space in your chest and your back. Breathe into that. And feel gravity drawing you down toward the earth as your crown lifts. In this moment, we are beneath the sun and sky. The earth holds us, draws us toward herself continuously with her gravitational pull. We know where we belong and whose children we are. We are made of stardust, sunlight, water, air, and earth. Be held in that knowing as we continue in silence.
Each of our lives is braided through with strands of joy and worry, with threads of gratitude and sorrow. Here in this shared space, we are knit together into a beloved community, lifted by one another's gladness and helping to lighten each other's sorrow. When the music begins, share your joys and then your concerns in the chat bar for us to hold together. If you cannot share today, we still want to hear from you. Please contact us at caring at uuabq.org. Porque 
chorasse meu filho Angustia-se temor E o ardor do coração Também vim te contar Dessa verdade Que eu não posso escapar Teu olhar me diz Aqui estou Deixa eu te amar Aqui estou Deixa eu te these prayers and all these loved ones we lift up to the great powers of healing and renewal known by many names. We lament the horrific mass shooting in Buffalo, a clear hate crime targeting black Americans. And we lament also the apparent hate crimes in Dallas this week targeting Asian Americans and the terror of such things, the ongoing terror, the old terror of such things against these and other marginalized groups. We acknowledge a terrible milestone that there have now been 1 million recorded deaths from COVID in the U.S. and so many more beyond those. And I lift up the unnamed prayers, all who are with us this morning who are coping with illness or unemployment and need courage all who are recovering from injury and need patience, all who struggle with addiction and need strength, all who are missing a loved one today and need comfort. May all be blessed by the many names and faces of love. May love pour down on you and give you peace. May it heal you in such a way that no earthly misfortune can trouble your soul. May it open your heart to all the joy and meaning for which you were made. And may we make our lives a blessing upon all whom we meet and a blessing upon this world. May we rededicate ourselves today to the healing of it, to love undeterred and courageous. Amen. And peace be with you.
Our reading today is Kindness by Rosemary Watola Traumer. Consider the tulip, how it rises every spring out of the same soil, which is, of course, not at all the same soil, but new. How long ago someone's hands planted a bulb and gave to this place a living scrap of beauty. Consider the six red petals, the yellow at the center, the soft green rubber of the stem, how it bows to the world, how the longer we sit beside it, the more we bow to it. It is something like kindness, is it not? The way someone plants in you a bit of beauty, a kind word perhaps, or a touch, the gift of their time or their smile. And years later, in the soil that is you, it emerges again, pushing aside the dead leaves, insisting on beauty, a celebration of the one who planted it, the one who perceives it, and the fertile place where it has grown. Sonia Renee Taylor is an author and an activist. In the book she wrote a few years ago, she tells the story about the time she participated in the Southern, Fly, Southern Fried Poetry Slam. Southern Fried Poetry Slam. That's a competition where people perform their poems. They get up to three minutes per piece and then five audience members are randomly selected to give each performer a score. So a very lively event. On this day, though, Taylor was at the hotel with her teammates, a diverse group, she says, in terms of bodies, race, ethnicity, and sexual orientations. Taylor calls it a microcosm of the world she'd like to live in. One of her teammates was really worried that day, though. She was afraid that she might be pregnant. She'd had a casual hookup with a man with no intention or desire to pursue a relationship with him and certainly not to have a baby with him, but the two had not used contraception. Taylor was a sexual health and public health worker earlier in her life, and so she heard herself ask a question, not meaning to pry really, but out of habit because asking these kinds of questions used to be her business. She heard herself ask, why did you choose not to use a condom with this person with whom you do not want to have a baby? Her teammate who has cerebral palsy replied, my disability makes sex hard already with positioning and stuff. I just didn't feel like it was okay to make a big deal out of using condoms. Taylor was not only deeply struck by the meaning underlying this answer, it resonated with her personally out of a sense that she needed to apologize for her body's relative limitations her teammate had sacrificed protection she had offered that up had like offered her body up essentially as a kind of apology for itself your body is not an apology taylor told her teammate but as she spoke these words, she says, my entire being rang in resonance. I was transported to all the times I had given away my own body in penance, 
a reel of memories scrolled through my mind of all the ways I told the world I was sorry for having this wrong, bad body. The words I said were as much for me as they were for her. Later, Taylor could not forget this moment of realization, and she went on to write a book called The Body Is Not An Apology, and to found a whole project promoting radical self-love. Our theological theme for May is beauty, and unfortunately, when I hear that word, this kind of thing is what comes to my mind first. The narrow ideas we're all taught about what it means to be beautiful, about what kind of bodies are beautiful and therefore good enough, about what kind we should be embarrassed about, ashamed of, etc. It's all so toxic that it has contaminated the word itself, beauty. It has given beauty kind of a sharp-edged connotation. And I'll bet every single person here has felt that sharp edge at least sometimes, if not most of the time. I'll bet you know exactly what I mean. We receive this negative messaging almost nonstop. It's most pervasive in marketing, which is all around us all the time. Some of the messaging is really, really direct. We're told to brighten our skin, get rid of wrinkles, tame frizz, lose weight. We hear that one so often, lose weight. And some of the messaging is indirect. We learn a lot by who is hired as a model for clothing or cosmetics and who is not, who drives the car in a car commercial and who does not. Typically missing from ads about everyday things, people who are blind, people who use wheelchairs, people who speak English as a second language, people who are non-binary or trans, people who have very dark skin, large-bodied people, and hey, adults who are only five feet tall or shorter. Not, not in those ads either. Similarly, in movies and TV shows, we receive messages not only through what the characters are concerned with, but by who plays successful characters who are desired by others and who plays a minor role or a negative role. Representation matters a lot. I have a couple of things to say about this. First of all, since we don't know if we live more than once, we should eat butter. That's, that's my motto. We should eat butter and cookies and we should take the time to make our salads extra fancy and delicious. And we should just generally enjoy the heck out of our lives as much as possible. The spirit of this motto applies to lots of things. So if there's a specific reason you shouldn't eat butter, don't worry about it. Second, none of that is truly about beauty. It's about hierarchy, power, and profit. Whoever you are, you actually are beautiful. And by the end of the sermon, I'm gonna tell you why. In order to get there though, first we have to drop the whole idea of beautiful humans and think about beautiful other things first. So go ahead and do that. Think of something that you personally find beautiful. Anything you want, whether it's something you see or hear or sense by some other means. Got it? Okay. Now, how do you know? How do you know it's beautiful? Check in with yourself. What do you notice in your body when you think about the beautiful thing? Can you feel it like in your chest? Does it take your breath away a little? That's a phrase we use about something beautiful. We say it's breathtaking. It touches 
beauty touches a similar place in us to awe and wonder. I feel it somewhere between my heart and like the upper part of my stomach, somewhere in here. That's how I know. Frank Wilczek is a Nobel Prize winning physicist and he's a professor at MIT as well. He wrote a book called A Beautiful Question in which he takes up the question, does the world embody beautiful ideas? This is almost a theological question, really. It's definitely a spiritual question in the sense that it's about an intangible thing that matters to humans, the experience of a beauty that moves us. Wilczek finds this question easier to respond to, he says, than the classically religious question, what does this all mean, right? What is the meaning of all this? I agree that ultimate meaning is hard to get at. I find it easier and much more useful to focus on what's meaningful rather than whether there is an ultimate overarching meaning. Beauty, Wilczek says, is meaningful to humans. It's one of those things. And beauty might not be some overarching purpose of the universe, we don't know, may not be the meaning, but it's not entirely subjective either. And that's very interesting about it. There are some things that humans as a species tend to find beautiful, like sunrises, sunsets, mountains in the distance, or the view from the top of one, works of art, the sound of a choir harmonizing. Wilczek describes beauty as things that evolution has primed us to enjoy and to want to come back to and feel pleasure in experiencing. So beauty is something that evolution has primed us for. And speaking as a physicist, he says, there is a remarkable overlap between the concepts of beauty that you find in art and theater and music and things that you find as the deepest themes of our understanding of the physical world. He says what drives his own work in physics is trying to get, quote, more beautiful equations and a more coherent description of how things work. That's interesting. Yeah. Symmetry is one of the things that humans find beautiful. And I don't just mean symmetry as butterfly wings or something that matches on each side but other kinds of symmetry too. The word symmetry, if you look it up, it, it refers to also harmony, balance, equity, congruity, as in something that you can count on to be consistent. And in physics, symmetry is a property that remains unchanged. Wilczek gives the example of Einstein's theory of relativity, which, well, here, here's an example of that theory in practice. The other day, I rode on the back of a motorcycle from the foothills of the mountain down toward the river on Tramway Boulevard. Breathtaking. This is eating the butter. On that ride, even though it appeared to me as though some objects were coming toward me and others were moving away from me, behind me, and the ones that were close seemed to be moving the fastest, while the ones that were far away appeared to be moving slower, Actually, none of those objects were changing at all. They were following the same rules as always. Symmetry. That too is a kind of consistency, balance. 
another idea in physics that has a kind of beauty is the notion of complementarity, the idea that different ways of describing the universe might be both accurate and mutually incompatible. Wilczek gives the example of light being both a wave and a particle. It's useful to think of it each way in physics as a wave and as a particle. However, it is not possible for light to literally be both things at once. It is beyond me to explain more about exactly what that means, although I do think there are probably several people in this congregation who could explain it. <laughs> Wilczek's conversation partner, the interviewer Krista Tippett, compared this to seemingly contradictory descriptions of what a human being is. Each of us is nothing but a collection of particles and light, and we're also thinking, feeling human beings. That's really something, isn't it? We are particles and light. We're actually made up of a lot of empty space when you get down to it. But also we have twinkling eyes or freckles or strong hands, skin and various and beautiful tones, voices for laughing, singing, whispering. And we are huggable and we love and think and experience joy, pleasure and awe, sometimes even right in the midst of great hardship as though those two things were complementary. We're born that way. And we are born to be at home in ourselves, too. We're born to be at home in these bodies of ours, whatever their shape, color, gender, etc. And it isn't until we're exposed to the toxic messages that we begin to doubt whether we ourselves are beautiful. But you are, obviously. And there was a time when you automatically knew it. Know it again. Know it. If you struggle with that, it is not a failure on your part. It is really hard to unlearn what we're taught and to filter out that barrage of messaging. So be gentle with yourself, beautiful. And I do recommend looking up Sonia Renee Taylor. Her book and her workbook and her website are pretty great resources. Before I close this message for today, I do want to just lift up one more time the beautiful thing that's happening in the church sanctuary on the church campus in Albuquerque in a few hours. At 3 p.m., we're going to host the One New Mexico Gospel Concert. That is a big, joyful event. It brings theologically and racially diverse congregations together to sing. It's definitely the kind of collaboration and celebration of diversity that many UUs express a deep longing for. It is an antidote to hate to what is in the news today. Susan and members of our choir have been involved in this annual event for several years now. And so if you feel comfortable and you're able to attend something in person, you can support that. You can increase the momentum around it by coming today and having a great time surrounded by your fellow beautiful humans singing melodies and harmonies together. Our Change for the Future organization for March through May is the Transgender Resource Center of New Mexico, providing advocacy, education, 
and direct services in support of transgender, gender nonconforming, non-binary, and gender variant people and their families. You can make an offering online by clicking on the link that we'll put in the chat box. And if you prefer not to give online, you can simply mail a check to the church and include change for the future on the memo line. Thanks. generously given is received in gratitude. Thank you on behalf of the church and on behalf of the Transgender Resource Center of New Mexico. And now we would like to greet each other with our Pachem greeting, um, which has become a beloved ritual around here that came from, uh, from our Vesper services on Wednesday evenings. Um, as you are able and would like to put your, uh, put your screen into gallery view and Place one hand on your heart and reach the other hand out to your people. Look at one another as you give and receive love and gratitude for this beloved community. If you want to take a moment to scroll through the gallery and see all of the faces, please do that. Thank you. You are invited as always to stay for our virtual coffee hour. If you'd like just stay on right through the postlude and credit will automatically connect you with a small group. And whether you do that or go off and have other conversations in your day, you might enjoy a discussion prompt. So here's a question for you. We'll return to the one from earlier in the sermon. How do you know when you have found something beautiful, how do you personally know when something beautiful? And now we extinguish our candles and chalices. And as we do, go in peace and may love bless you and keep you until we're gathered again. Blessed be. <laughs>